Welcome to the Single to Soulmate podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration and guidance on the path to finding true love. I'm your host, Tanya Alberti, a spiritual relationship and manifestation coach, here to help support you on your journey towards attracting a soul-aligned partnership. Each week, we'll explore powerful insights, practical tips, and transformative techniques that will empower you to create the love life you've always dreamed of. Are you tired of feeling stuck in your love life? Do you long for a deep and meaningful connection with a partner who truly understands and supports you? Well, you're in the right place. The Single to Soulmate podcast is designed specifically for those who are ready to break free from old patterns, heal their hearts, and manifest a soulmate relationship. And as your guide on this journey, I'll be sharing my years of experience and expertise in the realms of spiritual growth, personal development, and conscious manifestation. I'll help you tap into your intuitive awareness, embrace your authenticity, and show up as your best and highest self. Together, we'll delve into the power of self-love, healing from past wounds, and harnessing the principles of manifestation to attract the love you desire. Each episode of the Single to Soulmate podcast is carefully crafted to provide you with actionable insights and practical strategies. You'll gain valuable tools to navigate the challenges of modern dating, enhance your communication skills, and cultivate a deep soul-level intimacy with your partner. We'll explore topics like setting healthy boundaries, building self-confidence, and trusting your intuition in matters of the heart. So whether you're single in a new relationship or just navigating the complexities of a long-term partnership, this podcast is your trusted companion. You'll find inspiration, motivation, and guidance to support you on your quest for love. Together, we'll transform your relationship with yourself and others, creating a foundation of love, trust, and mutual growth. So if you're ready to embark on a transformative journey towards finding your soulmate, make sure to hit that subscribe button and join me every week on the Single to Soulmate podcast. Together, we'll unlock the secrets to attracting a love that aligns with your truest self. Get ready to manifest the relationship of your dreams. Hello and welcome back to Single to Soulmate. I am your host, Tanya Alberti. And I have an amazing, beautiful guest with me this week. I am so excited to introduce Chelsea. Chelsea, tell me a little bit about you. I'll give them your information here in just a second, but tell me who you are. Thank you so much for having me here. My name's Chelsea, and I am the owner of Heart Centered Humans, and my mission in my being and with my business is to activate people's heart centers and help them uh, live from their heart. And I love collaborating with breath, with plant medicine. I love create, creating beautiful in-person experiences that where people are safe to explore their their inner landscape and tap into their own divine inner wisdom. And yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. I'm sure you're, you'll hear a lot more. Beautiful. No, I love it. And what I love, cause as I was going through your bio, I'm like all the things she is, she's a medicine woman and a meditation guide, embodiment coach and um, intuitive ceremonialist, ceremonialist and sound healer, <laughs> all these things. I love, I love, I love, I love. And just the breath work and the body, like I have really been into like the somatic body work lately because I've noticed a huge difference in what it's doing for helping clear my own shadow and integrating and all the things. So I love that you do this and you host retreats, right? Is that yes. your, main, your main thing you host in-person retreats? I wouldn't say it's my main thing. I'd say I've got so many main things, you know, they're oh, all yeah, just, they're all, all just parts of me, but it, <laughs> it is something that I am deeply passionate about. And my like, again, with everything else that my soul is just so lit up by, I love 
creating an immersive experience, like we're coming together with a bunch of women for five nights and really just, really just leaving as more aligned versions of ourselves, even myself. Like every time I go into a retreat too, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's this, I can work on this and like, let's move through this and let's witness and love each other as you're moving through it all. And just like leave with that, like, oh my God, not only am I accepting myself, but I'm also being witnessed by all of these other sisters that, and they're accepting me for my full self, which I'm sure, you know, like, I know every woman has experienced, like, it's not always that way in, in spaces with other women, you know, it's a lot of having to put on a mask to look a certain way to be accepted and to be like, oh, I put all the masks down. I am myself. Oh my gosh, I feel like so in tune with myself and then have other people be like, oh my God, I love you. And then it's like, oh, wow, I really don't want to live any other way. So I do love retreats for that. They're just like, so immersive. Yeah. Yeah. Goosebumps. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, legit. Like it is, not to be entirely off topic here, but I, I, I love what you said. Cause it is so true. Um, especially about women with other women, you know, we're so conditioned and I was just talking about this today. Um, in another conversation I had about how we are so conditioned to be competitive and, you know, one upping each other and how it's such, <clears throat> excuse me, it's such a part of the collective narrative that women have to be in competition and it's who's the prettiest, who's the skinniest, who's this, you know, and I think that all ties in because I have a point to bringing this up. I think that all ties in to the mindset of when we as women are looking to find that soulmate partner, because I yeah. think <clears throat> I know for myself back in the day, before I did a lot of my own healing journey, I was so wrapped up in that. So wrapped up in that. I mean, like obsessively. So, and it was so unhealthy and I had to spend decades unpacking that crap before I was able to step into my own authenticity and attract my own soulmate partner. I mean, it wasn't until I was almost 40 years old. So, I mean, that was a long time and a lot of suffering. So tell me about you. Tell me about your journey, uh, about your healing journey. I know you've met and married your soulmate love, but I would love to hear about how that, you know, how you worked through some of that stuff and what your own struggles were and, and how that whole thing transpired. Yeah. Um, and uh, you mean outside of my partnership or just within myself? Just- yeah. Within yourself yeah. prior to meeting, prior, prior to meeting, did you struggle with any of that stuff too? And how did you move through that? And yeah, no, um, completely. I agree with you. I think it's a collective, um, you know, woman's struggle that we move through. And for me, there were, there was a lot of unworthiness and self-doubt and, I also struggled with depression. And so I would get into these negative cycle loops of telling myself, you know, how horrible I was or, you know, just, you know, all of the the things that are just simply not true about anybody. And I would get into those negative talk loops all the time. And yeah, that was, uh, that was a big part of like, of who I was before. And I obviously was avoiding a lot of it with, uh, you know, not good avoidance tactics, like 
drinking, um, constantly going out and being with friends. Um, even when I would come home, like I could not, I could not be in silence. I had like the second I walked in the door, I would turn on the TV. Even if I wasn't watching it, it was so I had something in the background to listen to. So I didn't have to listen to the voice in my head because it the voice in my head was, you know, always so damn negative. Like, <laughs> so I just couldn't, I just couldn't. And, um, you know, there, there have been multiple starts, I would say to like my, my journey. Um, first when I was in college, like I first started having an introduction formally to meditation and like how to meditate. And, you know, I actually like took a class on meditating and, that's where I started to first like kind of sit and do a mantra meditation consistently. Then that kind of dropped off. Then like, that voice came back in. Like then, you know, then those, like, I've, you know, it's like the pendulum swings. You're like, Oh, I feel amazing. And I can do this. And it's all, it's all good. And then the pendulum swings back and you're like, Oh, I can't, I can't have the time for these practices. And cause I'm unworthy. Cause I'm this, cause I'm that. And I'm just going to go fall back into the same patterns that I know aren't serving me. Um, but feel, yeah, uh, less confronting. Cause as you know, like this inner work is not always easy. It's not always like, Oh, you're perfect. And it's like, Oh <laughs> God, rainbows and unicorns and everything's amazing about the spiritual growth journey. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah, it's, not yeah. To, no, I was going to say just to not even to interrupt you, but I mean, like I, as I'm saying here, I'm going, Oh my God, she's me. Yeah, <laughs> like literally everything. Like my biggest thing was unworthiness, like yeah. so much. So I could not be in silence, could not like always had to have music playing the TV on the background on could not stand being by myself or being alone because you're stuck in your own thoughts. Yeah. And my thoughts, everybody's like, oh, you're inner critic. I'm like, I don't have an inner critic. I have an inner mean girl who is like the biggest bitch on the face of the planet because she tells me things like you deserve to die. You don't deserve to be here. You're so ugly, fat, and unworthy and disgusting. Nobody would ever want you. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. No, I com I completely, completely resonate and feel that on a soul level with you, sister. And I think, like, that's why I love that you're talking about this because I feel this is not something that it's just me and you and are the only two people in the world feeling this. This is a very collective felt energy. And um, especially since like this, you know, I, I mean, I'm 30 years old, so I've kind of grown up in this life of always having social media comparisons around always like, you know, generally, they didn't know what the people in high school were doing after high school. There was no like, let's like, if you called them and like made an effort, maybe you did, but there was no like knowing what everybody's up to and having like those weird, like, oh, I I need to, I'm comparing yourself. Like really that's, I guess what it is, but no, I, um, I really love, yeah. I love why you're highlighting this because it's so important to do this, this, uh, this work, this love on yourself. Yeah. I just say, and I can't even imagine because listen, I'm, I just turned 53 mm -hmm. and I'm a Gen Xer. I cannot even imagine having to go and feel the way I did and be on social media. 
and have that as a part of like my experience as to like what the normal was. Like I am, I have such a heart for these young women. I'm like, stop comparing yourself. (laughs) And because, but that is all that's out there. And the kids, I say kids, because, you know, hello, I'm officially middle-aged. I don't feel like it, but whatever. And I saw like all these young women coming up. That's all they've known. That's all they've known is like the perfected curated image, you know? And when you get a kid who, and not to mention the cyber bullying and all that crap that goes on, but when you get young women who are growing up with a message of, you know, you have to be a certain way to be of value in this society, you have to look a certain way. You know, you got to get the implants and the, you got to have the tiny waist and the big buttons and all this crazy stuff. It's like impossible to achieve. You're not wondering what it's doing to damage the psyche. And, and I don't know why we don't have, I mean, of course you look at the, the, um, the rise of the use of antidepressants and all of these things, which trust me, I've been, there are plenty of days I've been you know, at a low, low, low point where I thought, you know, I should probably take some antidepressants. I should probably, take... and even then it's only, you're only putting a bandaid on the problem because you're not fixing the problem at soul level. And it yeah. is a collective issue. It is a collective, you know, you go back thousands of years and, you know, look at the history of women and, and what we've experienced as far as just, our role in the world and who we are and who we're told we're supposed to be. And I think this plays in so much with um, relationships, you know, because I, I find that for myself, um, when I was really stuck in that unworthiness, I wanted a relationship strictly because I couldn't validate myself. Now I didn't know that at the time. Right. But I really was like, I can't love myself. So I need somebody else to love me so that I feel lovable. Because yeah. we all crave that love. We all do. And we need it. You know, we need love from other people. And um, it was it was so horrible. And then, of course, you go from one relationship to another, to another, to another. Because when you're constantly seeking that stuff outside of yourself and not able to generate it from within, all you're going to do is attract and manifest crappy relationships. You just mirror back to your own unworthiness. Yeah, completely. Did you have any of those experiences with dating and stuff? Yeah, no, I, you, yes, (laughs) yes. Um, you know, it's funny before I met my partner who, you know, we are married and, um, together now, but the, it actually reminded me a lot when you're just speaking of my, the partnership I had before that. And it was someone who I knew was not my forever. I just knew it. I'm like, my parents would be like, oh, uh, can we meet him? I'm like, nope, not even worth meeting him. Uh, However, I kept going, like it was an on and off again relationship because it would like something would happen where I'd be like, oh my God, I cannot, this is, this is too much. This is not acceptable. You know, like I, this is not what I deserve. And then give it a month or six weeks or two months later, then he'd be like, oh, well, I promise I'll change. Like, I promise this will be different. And then I'd be like, okay, I'll give you a chance. Yeah. And <laughs> and finally on that last, like the last straw for me, it wasn't like, I, and all these times, like I, I wasn't like a big blow up or anything. It was just like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Like this is, I know I deserve so, so much better. And in that moment, like, 
you know, I left, I, I parted ways with that relationship. And in that next moment, I said, I am not going to enter into another relationship unless it is something I fully deserve. And I like something that is worthy of me. And I, I think you're talking a lot about beautiful things about your worthiness. And in that time period, even with, with him, I knew I was building worthiness and I just was not seeing it in this. Like I was not feeling it from him though. It was something I was coming through in myself. Uh, I had, I mean, I've been working with plant medicine for over half my life. And at that time I was holding space at that, like, you know, really starting to formally hold ceremonies. And I just knew like, I know what intense, beautiful love is available in this world. Cause that's one of the things that mushrooms is what I work with. Mushrooms specifically shows how much love there is in this world. And I knew in my relationship that I was not experiencing that. I was like, this is not the love that I'm feeling when I'm with this plant, with this fungi. And like, I know I deserve more, but I kept going back because there was still that part of me that was like, I like the comfort. I like having someone that I can, you know, sleep in the same bed and we can cuddle and we have some similar interests and like, you know, those things that would like make things quote unquote easy. Like, and then it would be like, then when the harder things came up and I was like, this is just not aligned. This is not aligned. And so for me, yeah, I can completely resonate with that with having that you I'm just again I'm totally chuckling I'm, I'm actually kind of like man if I had figured this out when she did I'd have been so much better off <laughs> you are um and I'm sure this is part of your soul's journey and your soul path and we all have our struggles along the way with intention but it took me forever to figure that out forever yeah. forever like I spent 10 years in a marriage that I had no desire to be in, but strictly for those same reasons. Because, well, he wants me. Nobody else does. It's better than nothing. Like, literally, that's why I got married. And because my parents are like, you're 27. You need to settle down. When are you going to get married? You know, your biological clock is ticking. And I'm like, now I look back and I'm like, sweet baby Jesus, really? I mean, I was so hung up on that. And of course, being the eternal people pleaser and the perfectionist and all those things you tie into like inner child wounds. I was like, okay, this guy liked me. We got along. He was funny. So what if I wasn't really attracted to him? I could do worse, right? So I agreed to marry him. And like, literally, I will never forget this. I sat on my bed three months later on the edge of my bed thinking to myself, what did I just do? What did I just do? But because I had so much of this unworthiness and stuff and this, I was afraid to upset my parents because they just shoved all this money for the wedding. I literally was like, well, I made my bed. I guess I better lay in it. And it took me until I was like 38, almost 39 before I'm like, you know what? I'm done living for other people. I'm done living for everybody else. I'm done making everyone else happy and comfortable. Yeah. You know, there's a point where I, but it really took, and it wasn't even about even worthiness at that point. It was just, maybe it was just a little budding worthiness, but up until then, all I was doing was living for everybody else. Like as long as everybody else was happy, I was good. You know, don't rock the boat, don't have any conflict. And I'm just 
whatever, right? I'm just going along for the ride. And it just, I look back at that part, part of my life and I'm like, man, you know, yes, there are incredible lessons throughout all of that, which I know my soul chose. And part of the reason why I went through all that stuff is obviously so I could help people avoid all the crap I went through, right? But um, I think to myself now, listening to what you were just saying, I'm like, man, plant medicine, I've never used any of it. And I'm thinking, had I had that opportunity back then, <laughs> would things be so much different right now? <laughs> so tell me, tell me more about um, after you got out of your, uh, you were feeling that, because I'm like, props to you that you're so young and you were able to be like, hey, I deserve better. Because I tell you what, there was not one relationship I was in, it, with the exception of my marriage, that I said, you're not treating me well, I deserve better. They all treated me like crap. And I was like, please don't leave me, you know, mm -hmm. because I was so hung up on my own crap. So how long after that experience, how long after that partnership with your, you know, using the mushrooms and the plant medicine and, and knowing your divine worthiness and embodying all of that and really making that shift, how long was it after that before you met your one? Well, you're probably going to laugh at this. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I said, I'm done with this. I'm declaring I'm it's I'm not going to accept anything but but the intense beautiful soulmate love. And at that time too I was also working at a ski area. I was I had a goal of skiing 100 days a year, skiing every ski resort in Colorado, so I was in very much an adventure phase of my life and just exploring. And um it was actually two weeks after, and it was so funny because uh, I was extremely resistant to it because of how quickly it was. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. Like, is this something that I'm, am I getting tricked again or something? And so actually what happened is I, I was working at Askeria and on a break I had, I could get to go ski. And at the top of the mountain, there was this guy shoveling snow that looked super cute. And I was like, just about to get off the ski lift. And I'm not a person like I'm, I'm a pretty, like, I'll say things person, but I, this was something that was still a little out of character for me. Uh, I just yelled like, Hey, you're cute. And then I skied away. Like, you know, he had like, I, he, he turned his head. And, like, it was just like, what just happened? Um, and that's how I met. Joe, my, my partner. And I like talked with one of his coworkers, uh, one day after work. And I just was like, Hey, what's that guy's deal? Like he was still in my head, which again, something that's usually, you know, it's like one of those cosmic things where you're just pulled to say something. And then that, that little interaction stays in your head. Like, you know, it was very weird. And so I was like, what's the deal with that guy? And, uh, his name was Biker Mike, <laughs> and actually on his name tag, he's just an old head that was like been working at the ski area for like probably forty years. That's awesome. And yeah, he is such a he's a great guy. And I was like, hey, what's the deal with that guy, Biker? And he's like, oh man, he just got started working here. He lives in his van. He's such a nice guy. He's a really really hard worker. Like everybody loves him. And I was like, oh, okay, like you know, I'm like. 
well, tell him there's a girl in a pancake jacket that thinks thinks he's cute. And um, again, something out of character for me that I was, I was just like, it just felt right. And then I think it was about a week after I said, hey, you're cute to him. He happened to be like checking tickets at the bottom of the mountain. And I was just going by talking with my friend and he scanned my ticket, went past me and I have pancakes on my ski jacket. And that's what I told him. I said, tell him girl with a pancake ski jacket. And he just like turned around and is like, is your name Chelsea? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, can I have your number? And that night we, he, you know, he asked me for my number. We ended up getting dinner that night and it was just like, really really crazy it was really really crazy um we just uh within a week we said I love you to each other and I again said like there was a lot of resistance like we I didn't even want to like now we're like that I love you date is our like together date but like we I didn't even want to be his like girlfriend because I was like listen like I have, am having major feelings right now, but I also just like declared that I was going to be like not accepting anything less and I'm just really want to make sure this is true. And like, even for me, um, like I was like, I don't want to have sex with you until the end of ski season. Cause I didn't want it to be based off of like this sexual physical thing. And so like, so that was like three months into our relationship. And it was just like, let's just build a foundation together. Let's, you know, ski together. Let's go to different places and explore. And um, yeah, um, now we've been like together like five and five years and a couple months. We got married on our five-year anniversary of saying I love you to each other and uh, now we're expecting a baby, which we like went through a very conscious, uh, like conception process that I kind of, you know, intuitively created as my intuitive ceremonialist self, like, am like, I just, uh, created this process with myself and with him. And, um, yeah, it's, it was I always tell people it was the first thing I ever actively manifested because, and it was like, I, like I've said a couple of times, I was like very questioning and hesitant because of how fast it happened. But I do like, it's like one of those things, like energetically, when you're like, I am no longer accepting anything but the best, the universe hears, the universe feels your energy. Like uh, one of my past coaches talks about your energetic address. And it's like, I was not going to be at the address, you know, <laughs> like literally she talks like an address. It's like you put your energy out of space that you're only can be met with that. And I put my energy at that space and I was like, I am not going anywhere else. And he found me and he was right there on that mountain the whole time. You know, like it wasn't like I had never seen him before until I was available. Like he was just right there in my field. And um, it's really like I had done a lot of inner work before we met. And it's also really beautiful. I've done so much inner work since we've met. I've like still had really dark depressive periods where he's witnessed me and like just held space for me and didn't come and try to fix me. He knew I could do it all myself. And he, you know, he, he's a great space holder for me in that way. And, um, 
just allows me to do what I need to do. Like you were saying, like putting yourself first. I was thinking that I'm like, I totally put myself first, even in this partnership, even like, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people can lose themselves in a partnership. And I feel like I'm just able to be more of myself in my partnership, even when I'm exploring things like this, this man knows every little thing that I have thought about, explored, like different avenues I'm thinking about. And he just lets me, let's just witnesses it all and like, doesn't ask to fix it. Like he'll say, what do you need from me? And um, maybe I want his advice. Maybe I just want to be held. Maybe I just like want to talk and just be heard. Um, but it is, it is beautiful. Um, how much like just unfolding has happened even since we've been together too. Cause I, I want to say, because you know, all of that inner work and stuff, I was still working. I was still doing a lot. And three and a half years ago, so like two years into our relationship, I decided to go full time into this work. And so like, I am, this is all I do. Like, um, like just, and even the first year of it was like, I'm going full on. I didn't even want to do anything for everyone else. I was like, I'm do going full on for myself, for embodiment of myself. I want to be fully me. And I don't need like, you know, that I always have, you know, a job or something else that's like, you know, taking out time and space. And I just wanted to go into like, who am I? What exactly is, what is everything in here? And, um, you know, I, I'm sure you can imagine, or you probably even relate like the, when you have more time to sit with yourself, more things come up, <laughs> Girl. More, <laughs> more things arise because when you have like the energetic space in your, like, not just in your energetic field, in your physical field, if you're yes. not going, having to go to work every day, if your only job is to know who you are, so many things can come up. And so, um, that's why I say too, like a lot of the work has happened within our relationship because I went full-time into this work in our relationship and like so much more has arisen for me. So yeah, I hope that's a, I know it's a long answer, but. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I like got goosebumps all the way through it because I'm like, oh, that is so, like your story is so similar to mine, but yours is like your timeline's compressed, like to nothing compared to what I was. But I'll tell you, because I, I know exactly what you're saying. And I love that you brought that forward because when you're ready, when you are in alignment, when you are really fully clear energetically, and this is what I try to help people understand that I think so many people struggle with is they don't realize that when you are like, this is it, I am, and you don't even have to be fully healed because it is a journey. It's a yeah. journey, but it's a decision point. Like, yeah, there is am, no fully healed. There right, is no, no, there fully, is no healed. fully healed. <laughs> that's, a, that's a misnomer because the whole, you know, Oh, it's a destination point. Yeah, no, it's not. It, it's like forever. So don't yeah. even get hung <laughs> up on that. But the beautiful thing about the soulmate relationship, and this is exactly, I mean, like identical almost what happened to me. Once I made that determination, like I literally made a list. This is what I want. I'm not going to take anything less. This is what I want. Now, mind you, this was after I was divorced. It was a couple of years after I dated other people. And I'm like, no, this is what I want. And I had already been on my spiritual journey and I was already at this place now where I'm like, you know what? Mm -mm. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not, I'm done. And I made this list of what I wanted. And literally he walked in my door two months later, yeah. two months. And, and it freaked me out. <laughs> 
Cause I'm like, this is not possible. Like I almost sabotaged everything because literally, and I called him, I used to, I literally referred to him as my list because he was everything, <laughs> every single thing I had written down on that list, even stuff I never even thought of, like everything, like not one thing was missing. And I was like, this is not possible. This is impossible. And I literally almost sabotaged the whole thing because we've been dating like, like six weeks into it. And I'm like, I am so madly in love with you that if anything ever happened, I would never recover. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'd be done. Just put a fork in me. I'm done for the rest of my life. Forget it. Right. But he, I remember him sit down because I was like, I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. I cannot get my heart broken because I was so freaked out. I'm like, how is this possible? And I remember him sitting there looking at me going, what if it turns out to be everything you ever wanted? And I remember thinking, okay. He's like, sometimes you just got to take a chance. And I'm like, okay, all right. I'm feeling you. And ever, ever, ever since then, it was just like, literally, and same thing, like a week into our relationship, we said we loved each other. I mean, it was that quick. Like literally yeah. the first time he kissed me, I have never been, I've never felt that in my entire life ever. And I've kissed a lot of guys, you know, I've never felt that way ever. Yeah. It was literally almost like my soul breathed a sigh of relief, kind of like this, oh, there you are. I've been looking for you, you yeah. know, completely. So oh. And that journey, the journey of healing together, because you know what? It's not perfect. That's why I tell people, I'm like, just because you have a connection to a soulmate love doesn't mean it's going to be amazing all the time. Completely. We've had, we've been through some shit, you know, like I've had my shit. He's had his shit, you know, and working through the whole beautiful thing is working through it together and holding space for each other and, and recognizing that a soulmate relationship is healing. It's a mutual healing journey, right? Yeah. So I love that she brought that up too. Yeah, no, you're, and I think, um, just as you're saying that it really reigns true that when you go into a partnership, there's a lot of shadows illuminated mm. and like a lot of stuff again, like, uh, like I said, when you have free time to be with yourself, things are illuminated when you enter an, into a partnership and you it's mirror, things are mirrored back to you you also have more work stuff to work with. So I, yes, there's always, always something to go deeper with and to come out the other side more aligned. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's the thing I'm like, your relationship will trigger you. It will trigger you. I don't care how perfect for you. They are. I don't care how amazing they are, how soul aligned it is. You will be triggered. And that's because you're mirroring each other. We are mirrors to each other all relationships are. And that's why I love, I love relationships. I love talking to people about their relationships and their partnerships, because I really feel that it's been my experience that relationships are one of the biggest catalysts for spiritual growth, you know, Completely. and you, when you really know your partner and you know yourself, because you recognize, once you start recognizing that all of your crap that you're projecting is really just your own shit, you know? And like having that space to be, and I tell you, when I left my career and started doing this full time and I was a, a home by myself, Ooh, do you get stuff that comes up? Yeah. <laughs> it is like, yeah. And like, even enter, like even this year. And like, I tell people, I'm like, it, it never stops. I've been on my spiritual journey. I had my awakening when I was like 18 years old and I've been on my spiritual journeys for like 30 plus years. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm like, 
I just had a dark night of the soul this past spring with the eclipses because I'm a I'm a Taurus Scorpio rising and and the Taurus Scorpio eclipses threw me out like I was out like so bad and I'm like what is happening depression you know the darkness all the thoughts and the stuff coming up and, and my and my guidance was like it's time for you to heal this stuff. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't want to feel this way. <laughs> this sucks. You know, it sucks. And it lasted for like a couple of months, you know, and even then. So like, same thing. Like, he's just like, what can I do? Do you want me to just, yeah. what do I need to do? And I'm like, I love that, you know, you were talking about the same Joe. Yeah. How um, he doesn't try to fix it. And that's a beautiful thing. Cause that's men's inclination mm-hmm. is to try to fix something. Right. So to be able to just hold space for you and be able to say, Hey, you know, I'm here for you. What do you need from me? That is so beautiful. And I love that. And I love that. um, The relationship that you two have together is just, it's so beautiful. And this is what I keep telling people is available. Yeah. If you really start doing that, you know, really start letting go of the narrative, you know, I think, um, No, I just want to point out too, like there, yes, he doesn't try to fix things for me, but there, you're so right. That is a men's inclination. And like, I, you know, I can't remember exactly what, but I'm sure at one point he was trying to fix things for me. And then I taught him how to love me. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like there's sometimes that, uh, you know, for, for women or in relationships, they're like, oh, I expect them to know everything. And it's like, you know, you know what, I, I taught him how to, how I like to be loved and how I could teach him how I like to be loved was me knowing how I like to be loved, which was me loving myself, which was me knowing. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I need and that's fine. And then it's just like, it, it can be whatever it is, but, uh, just speaking up and saying like, I, I want this, you know, yes, I'm a coach and I usually, I help people with a myriad of things. I have like supported people with some relationships sometimes, stuff sometimes. And yeah, just how many times I've heard like how they're not just speaking up about what they want or it's like, just tell them, like, what do you mean? This is your partnership. Like, just say it. Like, what is, what is the worry? And again, it's like those things, like the people pleasing stuff and all that stuff we were talking about at the beginning that comes up. And it's like, that is, should not be present in a relationship. And the, the way you make it not present is by speaking your truth and knowing that it's gonna, like, if it's not gonna be received well, then it's probably not the relationship for you. And that's why so many people resist not speaking up is because they're actually more afraid of the, the you know. The aftermath. Like, the, well, the reality, the reality of being like, oh, this person's not for me. Cause yeah. they wanna stay in that avoidant, like, oh, you know, I like you and I both have felt like, oh, this is comfortable. This is easy. We have things that it's like, And that's why you don't want to ruffle any feathers or ask for what you want because you just want it to keep that way. But really, I mean, everybody wants to be loved the way they want to be loved. And any partnership where you can't speak up about that, like, I just honestly can't even imagine, like, Joe knows everything about me, everything, all the weird shit, the smelly stuff, (laughs) you know, like, you know, everything there is not one thing I hide from him or even think to hide from him. And 
like th that's in such a crazy world we live in that is the most sacred relationship is your partnership and to feel like if you had to keep a secret or that you couldn't share something or anything like that that would just it, I, it just breaks my heart even thinking about that like because I know I know I've heard people in that I know I have friends that have experienced that and and I know I've had clients that have experienced that too and what's What's beautiful is when a lot of them have spoken up and shared what they needed, what they wanted, or how they wanted to be loved, they were always like met with so much love back. It was, again, a conditioning of thinking that, oh, I'm not uh, the unworthiness coming up. Oh, I can't ask for how I want to be loved because then what if they say no? Well, what if they say yes? What if they say yes and say, how can I love you more? How can I love you better? And they, they, they're, they're just like, they're on, they have no idea. And then they're just like, oh, I had a client once was like, oh, I want my, um, you know, he doesn't touch me that often. And, and then I said, why don't you talk to him? She's like, oh, well, I'm just worried about what he'll say. I'm like, why don't you just talk to him? She talked to him and he was like, I thought you didn't like to be touched for, because of something that happened at the beginning of the relationship. They went three years with hardly having a lot of physical touch because of an assumption by him and because she didn't speak up. And when she spoke up, all of this like love came through. So like, it's, I don't know. I just wanted to say that too, because like, you know, I don't, and anytime something comes up and maybe I want something, I used to be like, oh God, they can't read my mind. Like, and not with Joe, like, about other relationships like he can't read my mind doesn't he know that when I get like this this is what I want this and now I'm like hey Joe can you sit next to me and can you give me a hug like I'm feeling kind of tender right now even if I don't know why I'm tender even if I don't know hey Joe can you make me a cup of tea because I don't want to get up and I need some something a warm beverage and I just need to feel taken care of like whatever it is like I still I communicate my needs and I don't expect my partner to read my mind. Right. So I just, I just want to throw that in no, there. And I'm so glad you did because I actually um, was going to mention that too. And I think it's so, I find like the couples that I have worked with, there's a lot of that going on, you know, and there's a lot of the assumptions and the, the, you should know me. We've been together. You should know me by now. Yeah. Okay. Well, have you ever expressed your needs and wants? You know, and so many women in particular are like, oh, well, I don't have any needs and wants. I, I shouldn't have any needs and wants or desires in my partnership because, um, you know, what if I say something that they don't like, you know? And just like you said, well, you run the risk of ending that relationship, which probably wasn't meant for you in the first place. But without being able to be a hundred percent, a hundred percent vulnerable, honest, and authentic you don't have a healthy partnership. Yeah. And it goes both ways, you know, for both of you, but, yeah. um, you know, when it comes to, and, and it can be a growth process, you know, it's not like it has to be right off, right off the bat, you know, it, there's a learning curve, you know, in all relationships, getting to know each other, getting to learn, you know, that safe feeling safe in each other's company. And there's a little bit of a learning curve there. So, you know, for people who are listening and think, oh, well, I've been married a long time, but we don't have that. All it takes is just, is making that initial effort, right? Yes. Just make that initial request, 
be like, listen, I'm feeling this. This is what I need you to understand. And, and it can be uncomfortable. It can be uncomfortable. But I promise if you at least you can't, you got to make the effort. You can't go through life and sit there and sit back and, and be like, oh, well, I don't, he should know how I feel. And if he doesn't know how I feel and he doesn't do this for me, then it's just going to be constant fighting. And I mean, what kind of relationship is that? I would not a relationship I'd want to be in, Yeah, you know, because I mean, how fulfilling is that? And then people wonder why they're stuck in these cycles, <laughs> which is what I tell people. You get stuck in a cycle of bad relationships and bad experiences because you're not showing up as authentic, vulnerable, being yourself, knowing what you want, being clear about what your values are, you know, and standing in your own power and strength of who you are and loving yourself. It all starts with loving you. You've got to love you. You can't fill from an empty cup or over from yeah. empty cup or whatever that phrase is. I always get that wrong. No, I was, no, I was right. <laughs> That's what I say. You pick up when I'm lying down. <laughs> yes. Yeah, completely. I so agree. So I love this conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story. I love, I love all of it. I can relate to so much of it. It's, it's just so beautiful. And I really, I really um, want people to hear a lot of the deep wisdom you shared today, because there's so much there. Go back and listen. If you were just listening to the storyline, go back and listen, because there's some deep, deep spiritual truths here about how to navigate your journey, um, not just your own self-love journey, but your partnership journey. And it is, it is a sacred relationship and it is a contract. That is a soul contract and moving that through it, how you make your choices and how you move forward and standing up for your own self and standing in your own healing um, allowing your own healing and, and really moving through these things makes all the difference in the world. So Chelsea, where can they find you predominantly if they want to connect with you? Yeah. Um, I love hanging out on Instagram. That's usually my main space. My Instagram is the Chelsea Renee and has three underscores after it. And if you're interested in, um, you know, coming even deeper into my world, you can subscribe to my website and that's heartcenteredhumans.com to hear about retreats and breath work and all the different kinds of magic that I have going on. Um, yeah, those are the best ways to find and connect with me. Love it. Love it. And I'll link all that down in the show notes. So thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your heart and for sharing your journey. It's a beautiful story. I love that you're expecting. I love that. This, I mean, this is like all my jam, like everything, like all the stuff you went through. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. This is what it's all about. This is what relationships are meant to look like. And this is why and, and how, and, but you got to do that stuff first. You got to release that unworthiness and let go of all that crap. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for having me here. And I, it was so awesome talking and, um, sorry, just as you said that there's one last thing that just popped into my head that I feel like needs to be shared. Um, Joe, like wasn't as deep into this spiritual stuff as I was when we initially started and even when I started going you know full time into it like like yourself and there was parts of my journey or my time where I was like god I just want him to be 
where I am. I just want him to do what I'm doing. Like, I want to see him grow as fast as I'm growing and do what I'm doing. And at one point I realized that me focusing on anybody else's growth, whether it's my partner or uh, somebody I'm comparing myself to on the internet or a friend, like whatever, uh, it's just slowing myself down. And um, I actually, uh, I lived in Bali for a bit and Joe and I actually spent the first part of our honeymoon in Bali and there's scooter driving there and you're like passing, passing cars, passing cars. And, um, I, I swear it gets to something. I had this like metaphor come to me once when I was, uh, driving because Joe, like, you know, he had to be behind me cause I knew everything, the land a lot more, like I knew where to go and he was just following me. And sometimes I'd like, oh, I kind of lose him and I'd slow down or I'd pull over the side of the road and I'd stop and I'd wait for him to catch up. And then one day I was driving and I was like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And then all of a sudden I noticed he was passing people on the left and, and he was already ahead of me. And I was like, this is the, this is the same growth thing. I was always so worried. I'm like, Hey, come catch up. Hey, come catch up. Let me slow down so you can come and meet me. And before I knew it, he was already like going past me. And Joe is like in the last uh, year and a half has like deepened his growth journey in ways that are completely different to mine, but are just as deep. And I didn't force that. Like I kind of, I had to let go of that. Like there was at the beginning, especially when I was going full-time, I was like, I want him to do this with me right now. I want him to like do all of the, all of the things that I want him to like the, the meditations I like so we can meditate together, all of those kinds of things. And just like loosening my grip on how it needed to look like, and also knowing that, like, I can't control anybody else's journey. Um, and just by loosening that grip and that rigidity, like, things have, like, blossomed in an, an another incredibly beautiful way. So I just wanted, for some reason, that popped in my head. And I just wanted to share that because I feel like when you're in the soulmate, and because we're always growing as humans, like, sometimes we're like, we want them to grow just as fast as us. And then it's like, oh, wait we're all humans doing our own thing and it's going to happen at some point. And that's yeah. so true. And listen, that's so funny because I literally was talking about that today with somebody else because I was recording another episode and we were talking about her partner. And um, it's just, it's funny because I think a lot of people, especially in the spiritual space tend to spiritual women who aren't partnered tend to have this perception where they're like, I need to have somebody who's at least at the same level as me or maybe beyond, you know? That just really isn't true. It isn't true because you can still have a beautiful soulmate connection where you heal and grow together. And that person is nowhere near the same place as you on their spiritual journey. Yeah. My husband for one, perfect example, because I was told by my guidance that um, my husband will not wake up in this lifetime that his purpose in this lifetime is to be here to support me while I'm doing my mission. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. You know, I try to explain things to him, but I, I, I will like get excited about something and go on a rant about something I learned, you know, or some new insight I had or something cool I channeled or whatever. And, um, 
he'll be like, he'll sit and listen, you know, but I could see it just kind of, <laughs> he thinks it's cool. You know, he, under, he gets like logistically and, you know, he sees his little angel numbers and he's like, four, 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 saw it again. He's like, one, 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 <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's for our whole life be coming home and I'll be like, I manifested that. I mean, I'm like, yeah, you did. <laughs> so, you know, he has like a surface level awareness, but it doesn't mean we don't connect at a soul level. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean we don't do that healing work together. You know, you don't have to have the same conscious comprehension as long as you're still doing, like, I don't mean, it's like there's consciousness and there's understanding, right? And the consciousness is what's there, right? You may, he may not have the full understanding of like what's going on, you know, like I do, but it doesn't mean we can't move and journey together. Yeah. You know, on the Completely. So I'm grateful that she brought that up because hundred percent, that's so true. So any last words of wisdom? No, that's all I got for you. Thank you so much for this beautiful podcast chat. Like this was so fun. And I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm so grateful to have been on this space in this space with you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm grateful to have you here. It's amazing. And I love these kind of conversations. They just make me happy in my heart. So (laughs) thank you so much. And please, 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 if you're interested in Chelsea and the amazing work she does, Check the show notes, reach out to her, follow her. She's awesome. And uh, have an amazing day. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Single to Soulmate. I hope the insights and guidance shared here have been valuable to you on your journey towards deep and fulfilling love. But it doesn't have to end here. Let's expand and deepen our connection beyond the podcast. Follow me on Instagram at I am underscore Tanya Alberti, where I share daily tips and techniques for tapping into your intuition, connecting to your soul and divine guidance, manifestation, healing the heart, and calling in your sacred union. It's a space where we delve into conscious relationships and all the transformative elements that contribute to creating soul aligned partnerships. I also invite you to join my vibrant Facebook community, The Relationship Revolution, co-creating conscious connections. Now, this is not just a place for random posts or memes about being single. It is a community based on vibrational resonance for those who really desire to shift what's holding them back from truly connecting on a soul level with their perfect person. So whether you're single or already partnered, this community is for you. In the group, I host twice-weekly live teachings, provide workbooks, PDFs, meditations, and a whole library of resources to support your journey to love. You'll find the link to join in the show notes. Now, if you found value in the Single to Soulmate podcast, I would deeply appreciate your support. Please take a moment to leave a review. Your feedback not only helps me improve, but it also assists me in reaching more individuals who are seeking guidance and inspiration on their own love journey. Thank you for being a part of my growing community. Remember, love is your birthright and your soul aligned connection is waiting for you. Stay committed to your journey and remain open to the infinite possibilities. Until next time, keep shining your light and embracing the love that is meant for you.